Hey, thanks for tuning in to What's a Sitch with Chrissy Dress. If you haven't already hit that follow button, please make sure you do. Subscribe and share. That's the best thing I could ask for you to do while listening and following along to this podcast as I'm mostly sharing this to help other people out there in similar situations, whether they're a cancer survivor, entrepreneur, or just looking to listen in. So thanks a lot and welcome. This is our um, second segment that I'm recording. And I had an outpouring of messages from plenty of you. So thank you so much for all the love, um, thoughts, prayers, virtual hugs. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, and a lot of you have shared this. Um, so that's awesome. Because like I said, if I can help one person through this journey, then it's all worth it. Um, there have been several of you that have reached out to me as well, um, who shared with me and that's why I'm going to call this, um, your secret is safe with me. Um, because essentially there have been several of you that have went through similar situations to me with, uh, cancer scares or being diagnosed with cancer, but you haven't been as verbal or forthcoming, um, and, and that's that's fine. Um, I can completely understand the process, and I'm going to delve into that a little bit more deeper as we get into this podcast. And it's completely scary, and you know, for many different reasons. You know, you may not want to share um, or or just put that information out there. Um, so thank you for feeling confident and, uh, reaching out to me personally and, um, you know, sharing with me, uh, it's really touched my heart and meant a lot that, um, I was able to, you know, be an ear for you or, um, learn something from your, uh, journey along the way as well. And so, yeah, um, you know, it's scary. It's very scary. Um, and so where I kind of left off last podcast with, uh, we were, um, with a biopsy not being fun. <laughs> yeah. Biopsies are not fun. <laughs> and, um, so I'm just going to pick up there and then kind of go on. So, what I had um, done was called an FNAC procedure. So that's a fine needle aspiration um, cytology. And essentially what it is, is exactly that. It's a fine needle that they go ahead and they uh, put into your breast while you're lying sideways and they go in and they aspirate the needle so it pulls back a little bit of um, fluid um, from the nodule or tumor in uh, your breast and what they do is that's what they send away to the lab and that's what they test to see if you're 
um, cancer positive or negative. And I'm not a doctor. Um, I do not have any medical background. So uh, disclaimer here, I'm just sharing my personal, um, you know, my personal venture um, with being a breast cancer survivor and, and what I've experienced. So just going to put that out there. <laughs> so after that, what they do is um, I had mentioned in the last podcast that then they put a clip in you. And, and so the first needle, it's, they numb you topically. Okay. And um, it starts to wear off pretty quickly, the lidocaine. So the first needle is um, really uncomfortable. The FN, FNAC, I'm sure you can um, imagine having a fine needle in your breast. Um, but the second one is what is really scary and what they don't tell you about. And so I wish somebody had told me. So the second one is when they um, put a clip in you. So the second needle is a lot larger and the needle is a lot larger. And so they, because they have to go deeper, they actually have to go into the tumor to leave a little clip. And it's a little like metal teeny clip. Um, you could go through the airport and they couldn't detect it. <laughs> of course I asked that. Um, so they put it in there in the tumor in case they have to go back and, you know, do surgery. It's, it's a marker, essentially, is what it is. And so then that way, you know, that's out of the way. It, it's in you, and it's a marker. So the uh, doctor did tell me, you know, it, it's going to sound like a, a large binder, like closing, like a loud clap. However, I was not prepared for um, the pain and it was quick, but how loud the clap was, it was like click really loud. And I screamed. (laughs) Um, I didn't really jump because I was on my side and it was over before. Um, So, um, you know, he pulls it out and I apologize. Of course, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I don't you know, want him to hurt me by accident or, you know, have to do it again, God forbid. (laughs) So he said, it's fine. It's fine not to worry. It's not fun, you guys, but necessary. So um, if that can be a warning to anybody or not a warning, but kind of a a heads up um, to be more prepared, um, you know, because your nerves are on edge, you don't know if you have cancer, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you're really on edge. So, anywho, um, after the FNAC, what they did was they sent it away um, to see and test um, on Friday. So, I had to wait over the weekend, um, you know, Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, oh God, don't we all know the waiting game is the worst? It's the worst, no matter if you're, I don't know, waiting for a phone call back from, you know, did I get that job? You know, you applied to, you know, a job that you really want and you're waiting to hear back or I I, I don't know, (laughs) waiting back for a grade, you know, you really wanted that A um, and you poured your heart and soul into that 
thesis. You know, the waiting game just sucks all the way around. And um, not trying to make light of it, but in a way I am. <laughs> so, yeah, waiting to um, get the word back if you have cancer is god awful. So, um, like I said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday afternoon, um, I was um, at work and um, my best friend had actually uh, been there that day. And I was finished, but I didn't want to go home. I knew I was, this call was coming. It was like five o'clock and I was getting late. I was like, oh my God, am I even going to get this call? <laughs> Or is it going to be another day? Do I have to wait till Tuesday? Good Lord. At least they could call in the morning. But um, I got the call about five o'clock. And um, that's when I was told by my um, fertility doc uh, that I was positive. And I just started crying. Um, I did tell my best friend at that time, you know, I'm waiting for a call and I hadn't told anybody, just my husband knew, um, obviously from running me to these appointments. Um, you know, so, um, I hadn't told anybody, but I did tell her, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for a call about my health and I, I don't think I'm going to get good news. I've been praying every single day, um, you know, my husband and I had run to the temple. He's Hindu. I'm spiritual, um, you know, Catholic, Hindu, whatever, everything, all of it. <laughs> um, I believe we're all one. But anyways, um, that's for another podcast. <laughs> so um, she said to me, no, you'll be fine. Don't don't worry. I don't know what it is, but don't worry. I'm sure you're going to get good news. And so... Um, when my doctor had called and she had said to me, you know, that I was positive, um, you know, I started crying and she said, I'm so sorry, Chrissy. Um, you know, what else could she say? <laughs> um, she's actually younger than me. Um, and she has been with me, um, going through this whole entire fertility journey of trying to get pregnant for, um, two years at, at that point or almost two years. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we knew each other. We had a, a relationship. It wasn't just like, Oh, she's my fertility doc. Um, and so, you know, we hung up and then the thoughts come piling in. You just come flowing in <laughs> because all you know is you're positive. Now, this is when you need to find out what type, what stage, how, you know, how far along is it? Um, do I have it in both breasts or is it just in one? How far has it spread? Um, do I need to have a lumpectomy? Do I need to have a mastectomy? Should I get a double mastectomy? Um, I don't even know. Like, oh my God, has it spread to my brain, to my bones, to my spine? Holy crap. <laughs> Like, it just takes over. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you you have to just 
pull yourself up by uh, the bootstraps or hopefully you have somebody on your side or in your corner to, to be there to, to help you along this journey, um, like my husband did. And so for a few nights there, we would uh, lay in bed together and we would uh, look through Instagram and, and look at Instagram models and pick out different um, models that we like their their breasts, their boobs. <laughs> like, should I get that look or should I be like this? <laughs> Maybe I'll just lob them both off and, you know, get a full new set. And, you know, so we were just looking at different breast sizes and, and, and you know, he's so funny. Uh, my husband, well, you know, this breast would look good on you because, you know, this model has the same body figure as you. Oh my God, it just got crazy. <laughs> because you can just go down the rabbit hole. And speaking of, um, absolutely, um, Dr. Google is full of information. (laughs) When I went to go meet my first surgeon, um, I walked in and I was like, I'm just going to let you know um, that I could probably do my own breast cancer surgery um, by myself, thanks to Dr. Google. (laughs) <laughs> she's like okay you you need to to relax <laughs> and of course you know because you don't know all the answers you you don't know all these battery of tests that you have to go through to figure out the plan what what you actually want to do personally and then also your medical team like what plan of action do they have for you so I decided to get um two opinions. The first um, doctor that I met, um, both in Penn, here in Philadelphia, um, was really lovely. I I, I really um, liked both of them. And the first doctor was a bit younger. She was um, more my age. And uh, she said, you know, we could we could do a bunch of things, you know, but but you need to have some tests and we, we need to understand exactly where you're at and, and how to treat it. But um, you know, you could do a double mastectomy and, um, I, I don't know if it's just with my insurance or overall at Penn, um, you can get a plastic surgeon in there that you would meet before your surgery date, um, that's fully paid for, covered by insurance and get a, a fresh set for free. <laughs> um, you could do a lumpectomy and radiation. Um, you know, you possibly might need, um, you know, chemotherapy, it just goes on and on. So, um, like I said, she was quite lovely. Um, and I, I did want to get a second opinion because why not? (laughs) It's my life. Um, I've just been hit with a ton of bricks and I just want to see, you know, what another doctor, um, has to say and kind of compare and contrast. Um, so I went and met, the second doctor, Dr. Chu, um, she's the one that I decided to go with. Um, and she had come highly recommend it. Um, so, so did the other. However, um, when I met her, she's like, nope. Um, I guess I had more information at that time. We're just going to do a lumpectomy. Um, unless you are completely set on doing a mastectomy, double mastectomy, whatever, unless you really have your heart set on what you want to do, what I highly recommend is just doing a lumpectomy, um, and then radiation. 
okay, sounds easy enough. Um, I have a small chest and, and I'm happy with that. It's okay. I'm kind of a natural girl. If you all uh, know me or for those of you that don't, um, I think that things like um, plastic surgery and Botox and filler and that whole realm um, is great and it serves a purpose. However, I feel um, a little nip tuck is all that's needed. I think that it can get kind of crazy and out of hand with full body lifts and all of this um, and being over injected. Once again, that's for another podcast. Um, And I didn't really want, um, you know, breast implants, like foreign things inside me, especially now knowing that I, I have breast cancer. It's like, why do I want to tempt fate even more and get fake breasts? It just like didn't sit well with me. Um, and then they were like, oh, well, we could also like, you know, graft fat from other parts of your body um, and, you know, fill it into the breast as well. That sounded better to me because at least it's not foreign. At least it's my body. However, the whole process, I would have to be out for six to eight weeks of recovery. And oh my gosh, you guys, like who wants to be out in pain for six to eight weeks? And those oxycodones or whatever the hell they give you, I really don't want to take that either. Like, I don't want to come out of this like addicted to pills. I just want to kind of like skate out of this and, um, you know, just kind of brush by death. (laughs) Sad but true, Um, you know, quickly and and not have to really commit to any long-term recovery, even though I'm young. So there is that. Um, It's funny, my fertility doc would say, you know, at your age, you know, I started seeing her when I was um, 41. You know, you're, you know, we're, you're what we would call a bit older. And I'm like, don't tell me I'm grandma status or any of that. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Um, But in cancer, the cancer world, I'm young. I'm a young patient. I'm like, can you guys have a conversation and figure that out? Because I'm confused. (laughs) Am I young or am I old? What the hell? So as a young cancer patient, the thing is, is that you are healthy. So that's great because you are likely to recover more quickly and, um, you know, not really have any uh, complications, right? Um, However, because you are so young, um, you have a higher chance of reoccurrence. So cancer coming back within the first two to five years. Um, So that kind of sucks. Right? Yin and yang. Um, I did want to read to you guys something from the American um, Cancer Society. So for those of you that, um, you know, are are really listening to this uh, specifically, um, you know, for breast cancer, um, breast cancers are mainly classified by three proteins that can affect the cancer's growth. So one is the estrogen receptor, two is the progesterone receptor, and three is the human epidermal growth factor receptor two. So this is what they look for and this is what they test. They're looking for are you hormone positive or negative? And are you HER2 negative or positive? 
And all this was like Latin to me. And I'm like, there are, people are asking me. I started getting on this one Facebook group because I'm like, oh my God, I just need to talk to somebody. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know, my poor husband can only take so much. And it's just like a lot. So um, people were asking, you know, are you her too negative, positive? Like, what, what are you? And so um, I had found out that I was um, hormone positive, both estrogen, 100% and progesterone, 100%, you guys. And then um, my HER2 was negative. So HER2 negative, hormone positive. So that's actually really, really good news for <laughs> being diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> what you don't want to hear is that you're triple negative. Or, I don't know. All I know is that if you are um, HER2 negative and hormone positive, then that's the best case scenario. I also had ductal carcinoma, invasive, stage one. So it was actually in my freaking milk duct. And it shows you. And it was like right outside the milk duct. I was like, oh my God, look at that little alien. Like, how rude. Like, get out. <laughs> like, who invited you to the party? <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So then that gives you um, information to come up with a plan. So I went ahead, further genetic testing. So I had like 30 tests run. Um, to see if I was, um, you know, if it was genetic and it wasn't. So that's definitely a good thing as well. If it was genetic, um, in any way, shape or form, then I would have just went ahead with a double mastectomy because essentially from what I understand is that it's almost definitely going to come back with my age and everything. So, um, you know, just lob them off and get a free new set. Who cares at that point? <laughs> I don't want it to come back. But because I had the diagnosis that I did get, I was able to do a lumpectomy with radiation. Um, and, you know, everybody is different. Everybody comes up with a different plan. Everybody does have um, different outcomes. So, um you know, that's why it's good to have a good team, medical team behind you to really advise you. I mean, because this is what they do, right? Um, this is what they see day in and day out. It's always good to get a second opinion, I believe. Um, and also to have, you know, the information yourself. So you could kind of um, just feel out what you want to do, you know, even though, um, I got the diagnosis that I got, I could still go ahead and say, you know what, I just want to do a double mastectomy and get breast implants. You know, like I said, everybody is different. Um, so I'm happy to say that I'm halfway through radiation. Um, I do have about two more weeks to go. So thank goodness. Um, I'll talk about that in another podcast and um, all that stuff. 
What I did kind of want to end on, um, though, was circling back to uh, your secret is safe with me. Um, I understand why you you don't want to go out and just tell anybody because it's like before you have all the information, it's like, why are you going to go ahead and um, tell people like, yeah, I... I got diagnosed with cancer and then they start asking you, oh my gosh, are you, are you okay? Like what? Like, you know, all these questions, how sick are you? What kind is it? You don't really know until you get all these tests back. So, you know, I didn't share it first either. I didn't share until the-